We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The name of R. Buckminster Fuller may not be familiar to everyone, but his work is widely known. He was an architect futurist and the man behind the geodesic dome. There are several examples of these domes in the region, the most prominent of which would be the Climatron at the Missouri Botanical Garden and the Fuller Dome on the campus of SIU Edwardsville. He once seriously proposed enclosing most of East St. Louis under a huge dome to create an almost utopian environment. Let's learn more about this man and his work. Joining me in studio is his daughter, Allegra Fuller-Snyder. She is a UCLA professor emeritus of dance and dance ethnology. Also with us is Ben Lauder, creative director of that Fuller Dome at SIU in Edwardsville. Thank you both so much for being with us. Allegra, welcome. Thank you. Tell us about your father. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was a very wonderful and challenging man. Challenging in what way? Just because he was, uh, he was always a step ahead of uh, where the rest of us were, but very excited and eager to bring us all with him. Uh, uh, he, He was a very outgoing person. He put, he put a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, power and strength into the individual, the strength of the individual, didn't he? In, in, into the what? Individual. He thought— in, oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, he felt that all of us were incredibly empowered— uh, To make a difference— and, to and, make a difference. And, and that we each really had the capability of really um, making major changes, not only for ourselves, but for everybody else. And uh, that was really his, uh, his hope and his goal. And it was very interesting. Uh, uh, you 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 tell me if you would prefer to ask me questions but um he one of the things he did in almost all of his latter part of his life were lectures all around the world mm-hmm. and they he never prepared them at all he called them thinking out loud and that is exactly what they were and they could go for three hours or five hours or maybe as much as 10 hours. You know, I, I interviewed him on a couple of occasions uh-huh. years ago. And I have to tell you, the first time I interviewed him, I asked him a question. And he took him 45 minutes <laughs> to answer it. I never got a chance to ask another right. question. He, but, was, he was just off and running. Right. Yeah. But what is very um, moving to me, and I th- but I think it's very important really in understanding Bucky. Uh, I, I'm introduced to somebody and they say, oh, Buckminster, oh. I sat and listened to him for 10 hours or <laughs> eight hours or something or other, but then they look at me and he said, 
they say, and he changed my life. Wow, that's because he really did get people thinking in an in an in, 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 in a totally um, a liberating way to really dare to think very big pictures. Sure. Yeah, Ben, you're too young to have met him. I am. I'm only 43. <laughs> and he's, he's been gone for a while. How would you describe his work and the influence of his work? Most people think of the dome. Sure. The dome is more of, I see it as an artifact of his philosophical framework of about doing more with less. The dome uh, uses the least amount of material to enclose a volume of space architecturally. So, you know, it's more than just a novel shape being round. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's his philosophical practice and worldview in real life. Are they practical? I, I believe that they are. Um, I mean, it's such a revolutionary vision for how we would uh, live and build that uh, the gestation period for something that radical takes a while. I mean, it's only been, you know, decades. But uh, when things come along that are that innovative, they take a while to percolate and his legacy, which with each day's passing news around climate change and how we need to um, abandon ideas of competition and in favor of cooperation and ideas of fear and, and scarcity in favor of ideas of abundance, that was his life's mission to get us there. Well, he was talking about climate change, in essence, long before the rest of us uh, were. I mean, he, he was called a man who was prescient, who could see the future. Uh, do you want to comment on that, uh, Lager? Uh, repeat it again. Yeah, his, his ability to see into the future. He was concerned about climate and climate change yes. long before the rest of us were, were aware that something was going on. Oh, no question about that. Uh, partially, <laughs> jumping around a little bit, but he, uh, one of his um, leading sort of sources of um, inspiration is not the, uh, fully enough of the word, but uh, was sailing. He, he grew up uh, spending a lot of the summer on an island off the coast of Maine, and being in the water and so forth. And uh, it's that kind of um, ability to really navigate uh, in a, in, a uh, uh, in real dynamic with environment and with nature, uh, which is, uh, came from his sailing experiences, I think. Yeah. He was ahead of his time, Ben, would you say, in, in so many ways? Yeah, he, he um, like uh, Allegra was referring to, um, he uh, challenged himself to see what one life could do um, and referred to himself as a trim tab, which is another nautical reference. Right, right. It's that small little piece of metal on a rudder of a ship or a plane that if, if turned, like an individual, could turn the entire vessel. And that was, um, it's, it, the, the nautical um, metaphor is a perfect way to understand his legacy. Uh, he mm -hmm. coined the term also, Spaceship Earth, and, and, and oh. thought of, and, and was able to see 
the planet as a, as a vessel traveling through space, like a vessel on the ocean where you have, it's a, you know, the microcosm and the macrocosm idea where the vessel has limited resources, um, people need to cooperate, you need to plan, you need to understand where you're going, uh, where you've been, and that's a, it's a great metaphor for understanding his legacy. I, I wonder what he would say were he alive today as to where we are today in all of this. Do you have any sense, Allegra, of, of that? Uh, just at the moment, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 91. Uh, your radio audience won't know that. And uh, Lewis of words for a moment. Um, he asked me the question again. I wonder what he would be saying today if he were alive about those things that he was talking about 40, 50, no, 60 no, or, years or ago. What I was going to say is his last book is called Grunch of Giants. He was um, concerned. He saw trends that really suggested that rather than going in the visionary and all embracing and encompassing thinking that people were getting more and more selfish and self-limiting. And he would probably be disappointed if he, he, were, definitely if, if he were around today. Not be surprised, but, but definitely would be disappointed. Ben, why was he so interested in this area? I mean, you've got your Fuller Dome, you've got the Climatron, and a number of other uh, Fuller pieces, if I can put it that way, in the area. I think the St. Louis region and extending across the river into southern Illinois is the richest area in the world for built structures referencing Buckminster yeah. Fuller's yeah. legacy, ones that he actually had a hand in designing. Um, he first got brought to the uh, area on a more permanent basis by uh, Delight Morris, the uh, chancellor mm -hmm. at Southern Illinois University, gave him a job uh, in the design department over there. So that brought him into the area, and um, he was also worked with Washington University's architecture department in that idea that you referenced earlier, the mile-wide geodesic dome over East St. Louis, mm -hmm. was, was, which was actually uh, brought to him uh, as, a, as a need by Catherine Dunham, who's another famous uh, uh, St. Louis um, native and uh, also affiliated with Southern Illinois University. Right. But the building uh, that he built at um, SIU Edwardsville campus, is, it's, a, it's a really astounding building in that it ties together all aspects of his legacy, which are sometimes hard to articulate. But it's a perfect kind of architectural metaphor. And uh, it, it ties together his idea of a worldview because it's a, it's a miniature earth. It's a translucent miniature earth. And it's the only built example of his concept of a geoscope, which was something that you would stand inside of, and it was a miniature Earth. You would look out, see your place in the world, see the world's place in the universe. And uh, through serendipity and lots of interesting circumstances, uh, he got to build that on the 90th longitudinal meridian, which goes through campus. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wasn't even the first pick to build that building. HOK Architects got the prod, got the uh, bid to build that campus. And uh, one, the building that uh, ended up being his dome got cut from the project. And he over at Carbondale heard it through the grapevine and offered that building as a solution. 
So then the 90th figures in his legacy prominently because in 46, he got a patent for a new map called the Dymaxion map that used the 90th as its central line of reference rather than the equator. So it's, it's something that you definitely have to visit to really appreciate, but it's an intersection of all of the aspects of his legacy. You mentioned that, and we've had a listener in Florida, of all places, who listens to us online, is curious about that map. She's an artist herself, and she wrote asking what if the map is available online anywhere or how she might be able to get it. So, the, yes, the Dymaxion map um, was, uh, like I said, that 1946 patent, and I believe copies of it are available f through the Buckminster Fuller Institute. Institute in San Francisco. Well, I hope she's listening now, and I suspect that she is, yeah. that she can get it. <laughs> did you and your family live in a dome in Carbondale, did I read? My mother and father did. Yeah. I, uh, I was already very much on my own life. My uh, daughter and uh, son visited uh, them on several occasions. Uh, but uh, um, I, I never actually, except for probably three days of a visit with them, lived in a, a dome. Is it still there? It is still there. Yeah. I'm on the board to, in the process of preserving it. The exterior envelope has been preserved, and now construction's underway on preserving the interior, and that's phase two, and then phase three is um, turning it into an interpretive center and yeah. securing the ground. So it's very much preserved. Let's talk about you, your dome, if I may. You have an event tonight and over the weekend that uh, is kind of uh, bringing a lot of this together. What's going on? So uh, in December of 2017, Allegra, uh, in, through the estate of Buckminster Fuller, donated um, some art prints of Bucky's. It's a portfolio called Inventions 12 Around One. And uh, we needed to create a space in the dome to exhibit that. So we uh, wrote a grant in cooperation with the uh, University Museum at SIU Edwardsville. And uh, it was, we won a Meridian Society Award to turn one of the rooms into an exhibition space. So tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, we are uh, uh, unveiling this new exhibition space and, and sharing the Bucky's uh, art prints of his most prominent inventions and drawings there. Um, there's also a, a VIP preview that includes a architectural tour that, that, that travels around the region and has lunch with the uh, Creative Exchange Lab here in St. Louis, hitting all the prominent Bucky-related uh, uh, points of interest. Uh, those, there's only five tickets left to that, the, the paid portion, uh, and those are at fullerdome.org. Uh, but there's a public and open reception, which Allegra will attend at, from 7 to 9 at the Fuller Dome in Edwardsville. We will put the, uh, the website address on our website, too, so people can gobble up those uh, five tickets. Allegra, our time is running short. What do you plan to tell folks tonight? Very quickly, if you would. I'm actually going to read uh, some thoughts of Bucky about the dome. Well, that would seem to be uh, to be most appropriate. In just a few seconds, Ben, what what brought your interest into this world of domedom? <laughs> <laughs> I was a student at SIU Carbondale as a freshman, and uh, and I built a sustainable home. So I understood his legacy academically, but not until building a home out of reclaimed materials and understanding 
the impact of what our built structures have on society that I really, truly understood the importance of Buckminster Fuller's legacy. You must feel right at home then in the current job at the Fuller Dome. It is, um, it, yeah, I'm in my lane, as thank, they say. Thank you so much. Allegra Fuller-Snyder, thank you for being with us. And Benjamin Lauder, Ben Lauder, thank you so thank much. You. Have, hope you have a great event tonight and tomorrow. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you, you all. Very much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.